Hello and welcome to episode 850 of The Sleeper and the Bus. It is Thursday, September 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. I have power back. Hey, that's good. That's good to hear. Dude, I gotta be honest. I am still unsettled, angry, bothered by the idea of rolling blackouts. <laughs> it's uh... like When you told me that you're just going to be planned out of power mm-hmm. i was very angry for you yeah especially because they're supposed to give us some notice and they really didn't that's, um, that's unbelievable dude yeah you spent well i mean especially because everybody is working from home and every yeah. you know especially like all kids like we just got an email from our you know kids teacher like the night before at like nine o'clock like hey like don't worry about your kids trying to show up to zoom because there won't be any power i'm like what <laughs> Like, this is oh not God. okay. So, yeah, it uh, makes writing difficult or impossible uh, when you can't turn on your computer. And, uh, I mean, luckily we have a generator that's big enough to power, like, you know, our fridges and freezer and stuff like that. But still, yeah, really, really frustrating, uh, especially because uh, it's it's kind of like your situation uh, with you and watching baseball. It's like, I can watch my phone, <laughs> but I can't watch local teams. Yeah. So I can't watch the A's. I can't watch the Giants. Uh, and that was a night in which uh, the Giants were having a great game. And uh, uh, I won a little bit of money uh, playing DFS and had to do it watching my, my little phone and stuff like that. But Oh, my God. Like, just insane. Just insane about how, how that works. I just I, – I knew they were a thing. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. But it's still – just makes me angry. Yeah, it makes us angry too. It's just it's it's so frustrating that uh, because these aren't like the rolling blackouts, like a, it's too hot. These are fire prevention things, and it's because the local utility company does not want to upgrade, spend the money to upgrade all their equipment. So then, whenever it gets hot and windy at the same time, they're like, "Well, we're just going to shut everything down now." Uh, and unfortunately, I'm not in Arizona when it happens this time. That I mean. Yeah, that that's wild. But I mean, I'm glad y'all are safe. You know, we've seen the pictures. You you and your family are mm-hmm. legitimately living in the sepia tone. Yep. Um, you know, and we, if you've seen ones, I, I know they're from Oregon. They're probably in uh, um, uh, California as well, where it's where it's where it's pitch red. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like the the cover of the game Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Like that that type of red, not just like a you know red orange sunset type that we've all seen red mm-hmm. nuts dude just nuts yeah it's uh it's pretty scary i mean we're safe here uh out, you know from from the actual fire so uh appreciate everybody who's you know sending you know uh kind words uh but we're safe just you know really really smoky uh so hopefully my voice doesn't go out again like it did that one time but uh yeah we're, we're hanging in there and hopefully um hopefully cooler weather is on its way and and this stuff will pass yeah, I hope so, man, because there needs to be some reprieve with the way everything's working in the uh, in the uh, the west there in the northwest, spanning all the way up into I believe uh, Washington and, and Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're gonna try to take some minds off some things for a little bit, talk some baseball, and we've got a lot of pitching to discuss. I just kind of want to dive in on a bunch of these guys who have recently dominated. By the way, uh, if it wasn't clear, I also wasn't available, but we didn't record Tuesday because of the unavailability mm-hmm. that, that we had. Um, and I should have put a note on Twitter, but I completely forgot. I get terrible service 
at my mom's. And she doesn't even live in the sticks. Like <laughs> she lives in ostensibly a real city, Harlingen, Texas, which is in deep South Texas. I can barely get service. Like I can't even use because you know she doesn't have internet because um, she doesn't need it. She has her phone. That's all she really needs. But I can't even use my phone as a hotspot. For some reason, T-Mobile just doesn't work down there. So I really wasn't on Twitter all that much. But anyway, um, so we've got some guys from a couple days ago, too, and yesterday that I just want to talk about their excellence, not only very recently, but I also want to see where you're at on them for 2021. Because as we all know, and as we've been talking about across the industry, it's going to be so difficult to decide how much to put into what we've seen here in two months. Mm -hmm. You and I were talking about this offline about how these leagues are going to come down to the last day, the last at bat, because things haven't settled. This is unlike any other season. Usually with the six months, things can still come down to the last at bat and all that, but it's usually between two teams, maybe three. This is Mm -hmm. like six, seven teams in contention, and literally on the last day, any one of them can win if they have, you know, four starters going and their hitters go off. So it's going to be really hard to figure out what we're going to do with all this information. Uh, but let's talk about some of these guys. Let's start with you, Darvish. Um, he's the elder statesman of this group by far. Uh, he's three years older than the next guy and one of only two who's even 30 or over. Um, so, you know, he's 33. He had that breakthrough last year in the second half and e- even a little bit before. But, you know, we kind of just shorthanded as his second half of the season when he just stopped walking, guys, which I I don't know, you know, if you if you could have guessed – so many different outcomes for you, Darvish's uh, early 30s. I don't know that just deciding to not walk guys would have been one of them. It just didn't seem like that was going to be a part of his game because he always seems to have walks. So his last 14 starts, he walked just seven. And that's after, um, you know, to compare that to his opening day of 2019 when he walked seven, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, he's car- he's carried that on. He's not walking anybody again this year. He's got 412 pitches. Um, he has 72 strikeouts, an NL best. He's 7-2 and two because the Cubs are playing well behind him. 177 ERA, .88 whip. Is you Darvish a top 10 pitcher for you next year? I think he is. You know, how, high, how high within that top 10 do you, do you think? Of course, you know we're not holding you to these, but just trying to get an eyeball right now, just a, 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 an idea of where we're at. I'm thinking like six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. I almost said top six, so I like that that was the first number. Yeah, I almost said to see a top six, but I went 10 to mm-hmm. give you a little more wiggle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even at 34 next year, I feel like we can trust what he's doing. He's been so great. Yeah, he and he has been so great. The, the 34 part, I think, is the one part that just – you know, gives me a little bit of concern. Sure, with his injury history, too. Exactly. And, I mean, just not a guy who's been able uh, to consistently hold up year to year. Uh, And I just worry that, you know, the amount of wear and tear that he's put on his his body over the course of his career, uh, you know, maybe that hurts him a little bit. But I think Darvish is an example for, at least for me, and I'm sure for other people, where you you identify – kind of, you know, some skill changes and uh, and and you're really high on him and then the market kind of starts to meet you and yes. you back away. And I shouldn't have backed away. Like, I should have just been like, you know, Darvish is my guy. I'm going to go and get him. I, I was pretty high on him. Got him in a few spots, but, like, I did not get him in either of my main events 
or my OC just because the price went up, you know, so high on him. Uh, and I'm super bummed by that. And I remember us talking about both being in on him. And I think similar thing happened to me because of the tier that he was in. I ended up going for, for different guys, even though I believed in him as well. And I know uh, Rob Silver was very big on him. And I hope that of the three of us, at least one of us had conviction and he followed through because he was even higher, I believe, saying top 10, top 12 type. And I had him more in the 15, 16 range, which mm-hmm. I think is where you had him, which we were, again, we were above the market initially. But then the the second draft season market was right there. So Rob still would have been ahead of that market. And hopefully it's paying dividends for him because Darvish has been excellent. Uh, he's been a favorite of mine since joining Texas. I, I love watching him. So I love that he's killing it like this. And uh, I won't be afraid to take him next year, despite the age. Uh, that will be the one hang up, but I will be open to taking him probably in the late second round, early third, which is where I think you'll need to take him to get him. Let's talk Trevor Bauer. This is the opposite case for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, this was a show me something. And I don't feel bad uh, at all. And you know what? Hats off to those of you who stuck with him. You won. But I don't feel bad about my process. Going into this year, this was a guy who had one great year. One. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time he'd ever been below four ERA. And I understood that the talent was there. But exactly what happened in 2019 was I, – I called that. Everyone did. You know, mm-hmm. he's an over tinkerer. He's going to tinker himself out of awesomeness. That's exactly what he did. And he put up a 448, uh, 125 combo after the 221, 109 that, that had him in Cy Young contention. In fact, if he doesn't get hit by that Ian Kinsler batted ball, he would have had a great shot to finish the season and maybe win that Cy Young. Uh, he's back into that form and then some. He is in full ass kicking mode. And, uh, you know, it was him versus Darvish last night, an excellent battle to watch. And they both went toe to toe. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at a 174.79 whip. That's an NL best, by the way. He has two complete games, though I think both are seven inning uh, shutouts. Uh, mm-hmm. Two shutouts, that's what I meant. Uh, they're both seven inning, but they do count because they were part of double headers. Um, he, I mean, he's been great. He's been unquestionably great. He's going to be a free agent. Do you think he's going to stick to the whole thing about signing one, you know, year to year deals and maybe get like 30 mil for one year or something? Um, I'm curious your thoughts on that, but also on Bauer in general, because I think you were a little bit down on him as well. Are you buying in? I was kind of just riding the fence with him, which means I didn't get him anywhere. Uh, I mean, the tinkering is going to uh, always make me a little bit lower than maybe the field is on Bauer, which is weird because mm-hmm. he was a guy that you know I always believed in and just never seemed to come through. Uh <clears throat> I I'd be interested to see if he does do this one year. I think he will at least one time do the one year deal thing. Uh and then maybe he'll come to his senses and realize that he's just one, you know, injury pitch away from uh, really blowing things. Yeah, cuz I mean, you know, you you lock down a 100 million dollar contract when you have the opportunity to lock down a 100 million dollar contract. Uh and I, you, you know, got to take that. And so especially Going into the uncertainty that will be the 2021 negotiations or 2022, mm-hmm. whenever the negotiations are for. Yeah, it'll be after the 21 season. So, yeah, 22. So, I mean, I, I would be really surprised if he didn't just. Uh, he, you never know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't roast him for it either. If he changes mind on that, I wouldn't roast him one percent on that. And I'm sure yeah. some people will because I know some people really dislike him. 
mm-hmm. and that's your choice. But I would have no problem if he, if he, you know, quote unquote. You, you put a hundred uh, million dollar check in front of me uh, for I, 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 for I five years. Yeah, I don't care what I said. I'll go back in lots of things. Um, uh, yeah, I I think I'm gonna, you know, probably be riding the fence with him coming into next year too. I want to see where he ends up. I, I mean, I have a feeling he's going to end up back in Cincinnati, uh, especially if he, I, I he's going to do so the one-year deal thing. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like a really good fit with all the driveline guys there. So uh, I do worry about that ballpark long-term, and uh, I worry about him tinkering and messing with things. But uh, I think he's probably going to still be inside my top 20. I just don't know that he's going to be inside my top 15, and I think a lot of people are going to have him inside of their top 10. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be he's going to be that high for a lot of folks and I respect that. It's going to depend where he's at. I'm not I'm not just going to like hardline and you know, I'm not going to double down on wrongness. This will now be two excellent years even though it'll be a shortened season. It'll be the talent that I wanted to see come through again and I will rightly move him up. Will I have him as high as the highest? I doubt it. I, 2019 I is just going to weigh heavily in my mind. It's it, I mean, it's you still you there. You can't just throw it out because I think exactly. that's, you know, often fantasy analysts, uh, you know, people, they, they go, well, this this is the anomaly. Well, it, <laughs> I this is I don't, the, the, yeah, here, you, you know, just to give you an idea, it's he's going to have more than nine starts. But like things didn't start breaking down last year until the middle and end, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, he opened. With a 245 in May, or excuse me, in April. And through, people uh, were like taking victory laps. Of that course. They, they put him in their top five starting pitchers. Yeah, they, through seven starts, he had a 245. How many does he have so far this year? He has eight. So, I mean, you know, we've seen this. It, it, was, it was after that that things really started to fall. In fact, in May, his first start was eight runs, seven earned, but then seven uh, of two runs, but both were unearned. And then five innings, seven, and like just the the tumult started from that from May on. Uh, so after that 2.45 ERA for Trevor Bauer, he had a 5.06 the rest of the way. So I'm just saying this doesn't completely wash away all of my concerns. It does bring him up in my rankings without a doubt. So what, I will I will, what, I will do move him up. How do you compare him to? guys that we thought were studs coming in that have struggled? Like, would you rather, for next season, obviously we're not going to hold you to it, but for next season, would you rather have Bauer or Walker Buehler? Boy, that's a, that man, you really hit the good one there. I, yeah. I'm stunned silence. I think I would still go Bauer or um, Buehler. Buehler. What about Flaherty? He might have passed Flaherty for me. Because I was already, well, you know, and I feel bad on Flaherty and Cardinals in general. They've had such a disjointed season. Mm-hmm. This whole season's been messed up, and then theirs had extra mess up. Um, I think I'll go Bauer. Bueller, Bauer, Flaherty. What about Clevenger? And then Clev Dog, fourth of that group. Mm-hmm. What about Luis Castillo, our boy? Maybe tops in that group. Last one. That's your Corbin. Corbin, I've got some real concerns about right now. I don't know what's going on. And I saw him as 
like the steadiest of Eddie's, like just not even worried about him. Safe, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was, you know, as safe as kind of things can get. He's down two ticks um, on, is, on his is on his low. Is this like the resurgence or the uh, like the comeuppance on throwing as many sliders as he does? Exactly, and then you don't have a real good fastball to back it up, and then you're left with just kind of like one pitch at this point because the fastball has not been good for him after the last two years where it was. That's my concern with Corbin. It's a bummer that we're not going to have the chance to see him kind of work through the six months mm-hmm. because is it a bad month plus or is it is it like you said, the undoing of essentially being a one-pitch starter. I don't know, but 31-year-old um, now, you know, starting to get pretty far removed from his TJ in 2014, throwing 90 even from the left side. That's that's it's less offensive from the left side because the average lefty mm-hmm. uh, versus the average righty, those are different um, uh, averages. But still, uh, no, he, he's last of all that group. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah that that's where I'm at there and like I said I, I do think I'd still have Luis Castillo at, at the maybe not at the top of that group. I, I, I'm not particularly concerned about some of the the ups and downs that he's gone through. Um, I'm still seeing the guy that that I fully believe in. In fact, I love that the bulk of of what you're looking at from uh, Castillo with regards to struggles has been hit based and not home run based. Mm-hmm. And home run rates down. Yeah, as somebody down. who watches him virtually every start, I do feel confident that I can tell you that that 387 BABIP is too high and that, um, you know, sometimes it's on him, but other times it's just so unlucky where it's like just out of the reach of like Freddie Galvis or somebody, you know, like those little squivers that are pretty well hit. I don't even want to say squiver, but they're like well hit. But if the positioning was like an inch to the left, the guy would have gotten it. You know, mm-hmm. those are crushing with two outs in a two strike count. And that's anecdotal. But, that, you know, I've definitely seen some of that in this 387 Babbitt. And I look at the 285 FIP for Castillo and I still have a lot of confidence in him going into his age 28 season. So he's top three there for sure. But but if I'm going to make a claim right now, I'll put him at the top of that group, despite right. the fact that he does not have the best numbers. Um, all right. Let's talk Corbin Burns. Now, this was a guy. Uh, we've been through it with him versus Woodruff last year. We all know how that went. He gave up a billion homers. It was, you know, even if you, you were on the Woodruff side, you weren't like, oh, well, this is what I expected of Corbin Burns. You know, I, we've talked about it on here. I was on Woodruff's side, but I said, I'll take the winner of the of the mm-hmm. uh, battle. Same thing this year, too, by the way, when it looked like it was Hauser versus Burns. I was like, I'll take the winner. I, I don't care. Just give me the. The, the guy who has the the spot, um, Burns has been excellent this year. Those who were big on him last year have definitely been able to say, this is what I saw. You know, this is what I was thinking this guy could be, although he has changed things quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really, really, really made some big changes. He's added a cutter, a 93, 94-mile-an-hour cutter, which is nasty, and he's got a changeup. And he's incorporated uh, some two-seamers slash sinkers into his pitching fastballs because he felt that everything was kind of same direction. And he didn't really have ways to work lefties versus righties. And so no matter how good that stuff could look from like a speed, spin type stuff and even swinging strike rates because his strikeouts were still there last year, 30% and a 17% swinging strike rate. And despite that, eventually they were going to get him. 
because it was all same. And so he gave up 3.1 homers per nine in 49 innings, which is just hilarious. That's down to point two this year. He's been obscene. Just one homer in 45 and a third innings. 199 ERA, .90 whip for Corbin. Decimated the Tigers yesterday with pure and utter filth. I'm really excited about Corbin Burns going forward, and I'm going to be pretty keen on him for next year. Is he a top 35 starter for you next year, Corbin Burns? Yeah, I think he is. I think so, um, too. And that might be too low. I just was making sure that we kind of got decent range there. How high do you think it could range up? Just off uh, ballpark. I know we keep putting out that caveat. Yeah. But it's, just, it's so hard, too, because think about guys that aren't even pitching right now that are going to come back. Verlander, mm-hmm. Strasburg, those are two just off the top of my head. Um, Soroka, you know, so it, it, it is hard. But when, I, when we say top 35, that gives you an idea uh, on Corbin Burns. But talk to me about what, how you evolved with your uh, evaluation of him. I think the biggest thing is the team's faith in him. Like, mm-hmm. they could have easily, when he struggled out of the gate, like could have said, oh, no, we're going to put you back in that multi-inning relief role, especially with, you know, us to continuing to have hater close. You know, you can be that that hater in the bullpen that kind of comes in. when A, a righty hater. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that they have, I mean, part of it, I think, is lack of depth in the rotation, but... Uh, part of it is too, like they they really believe he can be a starter, and they they've pushed him back into that role, uh, and he's excelled. I he's going to be one of those guys I think that the helium is going to be huge on next year. So I mean he's only going to be 26, uh, and I think people are are gonna there are going to be people who put him in the top 10 oh. uh, starting pitchers. I don't think I'm there yet, especially because we'll start we'll start having discussions about. You know, the strength of schedule on people's numbers. Uh, you know, I mean, he's had, oh, let's see, uh, two two games against Pittsburgh. That game against Detroit, Minnesota hasn't been the powerhouse offense we thought it was no. going coming into the year. It really happened. You know, Cincinnati has struggled. Uh, you know, it's, so uh, I, I think also the thing that does make me a little bit more uh, interested and kind of excited is how deep he's going into games mm-hmm. because and, and it's that alteration to his arsenal I think for mm-hmm. Burns that's helped him get deeper into games. Yeah, it, it's allowing him to keep batters uh, off balanced through you know more than one or two times through an order and uh, he he's just been absolutely filthy. I mean, no walks in that last start against Detroit is even bigger than the. Uh, the 11 strikeouts. I agree. And I agree. In it, fact, um, pardon, pardon me, just three walks total in his last three starts. I, I, was, I, I was just about to say that he only <laughs> has five walks total in his last four starts. It's just, uh, you know, he, had, he hasn't had a start with more than two walks since uh, August 18th. So that's great. And we're seeing evolution within it, – it, it's weird, right? Because you know, we're only talking about 45 and the third innings, and yet we're, we're seeing evolution and development from Burns even within this small sample here. And like I said, I can't highlight enough on how much that arsenal has changed for the better. And he said in an interview yesterday after, today, after the uh, decimation of the Tigers – that he's trying to learn the Devin Williams changeup, <laughs> he said with a laugh, knowing that uh, he wasn't quite there yet. But he's like, if I get that, boy, well, I have some confidence in myself. Uh, if you've never seen that, oh, my God. First off, make sure you don't have to go into your workplace because that's mm-hmm. NSF dubbed for sure. 
make sure your significant other isn't peering over your shoulder because they're going to think you're looking at something explicit because it is very sexy how good that pitch is. And uh, if Burns got that, just watch out. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, but I I understand he's going to have his huge backers. We're going to get to a guy in a few that I'm going to overdraft the hell out of, and I can't wait to do it. It's going to be fun. (laughs) I can't wait. I love making mistakes. It's great. Um, Okay. This is a guy. Now, sometimes you get him right. Yeah, and sometimes you get lamented. This is one where we're victory lapping. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We were comically wrong, and I was dead wrong, and then you actually – out wronged me and yeah. i appreciate that you took mm-hmm. a little bit of the heat off me but we were hilariously stupid on denelson lamette um me just not liking him putting him down in like the 50s you having him in the bullpen at some point this year mm-hmm. uh, worried yeah, that, that maybe whole he... prediction was right up there with my mookie bets one yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know i think uh, again the process i think there were some valid reasons for concerns that uh, we hadn't seen, you know, he was essentially a one-pitch guy too. If you if you really weren't that hot on his fastball, because um, it wasn't that great. I mean, it had velo, which gave him some margin for error, and it would work t- at times. But over his two seasons, it wasn't a plus pitch by any stretch of the imagination. So he was really working with that slider. He had never really gotten lefties out to any degree, and that that's where my concern came from. Is just that he'd be super volatile and up and down. Uh, I guess those are the same things, volatile and Mm -hmm. up and down. But he's been amazing. And, you know, the development there, I I tip my cap. You know, he's leaning into the slider hardcore, throwing it 53% of the time, manipulating it in different ways to where, yes, it is a a slider, but it it has like slurve elements and and kind of uh, can do different things to different batters. So it looks a bit different at times. And then the fastball has actually been – Plus this year, barely at 1.1 on, on the pitch value, but still it's it's generating some more positive events. And he's actually getting lefties out at a better clip. They're hitting 142 against him for a 471 OPS, 222 and 631 for righties. Uh, he's been amazing. He's been absolutely electric, and we got it dead wrong on this. Um, I just we just didn't see the development coming. I mean, I, I'll take the L, but you know, I, I don't really know if there's anything else I can say because. And I don't – this is just going to sound like I'm trying to uh, cover for being wrong or, or take away from the believers. But how could anyone have seen this? What 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 was there to say that this was going to happen? Did we miss any – like did we miss something or was it just – I don't think so. We didn't like and the guy and he developed and we and now we have to get on board and, and still take well, the L. But, I'm not going to get on board. Oh, so okay. Not, okay. Just talk, not talk to me. Get, like he's still like a one and a half pitch guy. Like, I know. And I mean, we, I was just talking about with Corbin Burns. I was just well, the, oh, I the strength of schedule. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. And okay, I mean, no one could have predicted that the AL and NL West were going to be absolute dumpster fires of divisions with with certain teams. These are the teams he's faced. I'm going to go in, in in order from start of the season. Arizona, crap. The All Giants, right. crap. The Dodgers, good. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I still don't believe in my own team. Okay, yes. but 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 I know. their numbers are decent. So they're not and, crap. And decent. They, they got to them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually made up for Arizona, although you're going to say Arizona a lot. So go ahead and continue. Yes. I'm sorry. Arizona, so, San Francisco. Dodgers, pick up. Dodgers yep. good. Arizona, yes. Arizona. Texas, Seattle, the Angels, the Rockies. 
at, at home, the Rockies at, yeah. at his home. He's not. He's only faced the Dodgers once. He doesn't have to face his own team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has not faced Basically. Oakland or Houston at and, all. And, this and they're mediocre, by the way. They're 14, 15 in WRC plus. They're the best teams in the AL West, but even they do not pose a massive offensive threat. No, I mean, and that's fair to bring up, but. Again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying like he does like he hasn't pitched well because he has. And he, exactly. You know. And I want to be clear that I'm not either. I'm not trying to denigrate anybody who believed in him. I, I will I will eat the L. Serve up the crow. I'll I eat will, it. Yeah. I was actively against him. We both were. But, the but there's one thing about put him in the top 10 next yes, year yes. are just asking to have their ba- their brains beat in in 2021. And I just he's not going to be in my top 20. Um, and maybe this is just me being bullheaded, uh, but I, ju- I just don't no, think, I think that there's valid concerns still. Like, I don't know that now, this can hold up over 32 starts. Can, can, now, would you change your tune if we got uh, if he was on Colette's new pitch tracker with with like yes. a change up and he was actually throwing it? Yes. Yes. Throwing it a ton and like really seeing something and, and he pitches mm-hmm. in the uh, Arizona area. So we might actually get some stat cast on I mean, it in spring Chris training. Archer. Yes. 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 It absolutely is. It's like, you know, Chris know Archer had stretches, that he went yeah, had like, had stretches like this. This is not a, this is not a situation that I think can sustain itself over the course of a long season. They even have uh, a similar swag to them. And I, mm-hmm. I, which I which I dig by the way. I, I love I when they're on the mound strutting, doing their thing. So you know I've enjoyed watching Lamette pitch, no matter how wrong it makes me every fifth day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean top thirty, top thirty five is probably the best I can do right now because yeah. it's not completely fixed. It's not like a Corbin Burns who I was also off of last year with regards to him versus Brandon Woodruff. Um, but now I see all this development and I'm buying in. Lamette has the same two pitches. He's throwing them both better. But can it last? Can it last? And so if you're a huge Lamette backer and you've been like super in on him this whole time and you believe that there are massive changes here, hit us up and tweet because I'd like to hear more from from somebody who really does believe in him. If they have a pushback, they're out there. They're they're out there. Yeah. So I want to I want to hear it. And I want to see what his remaining schedule is. I mean, he can't just keep getting these layup teams. (laughs) He can't. The AL West is just so bad. I was was watching the end of that uh, uh, Rangers A's game last night. And I'm like, these are the teams that are going to make the playoffs or not Rangers. It was uh, a Houston A's game. Yeah. Last night. I was like, these are the teams that are going to make the playoffs there. Everyone's going. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Uh, he next pitches on Saturday. So that means he has the Giants again. Okay. Then he's going to get Seattle. And then San Francisco again, and according to Yeah, he's going to miss the Dodgers. <laughs> and, it, and it's in San Francisco. So even though San Francisco is hitting pretty well, at least by uh, WRC+. Well, and that Plus. park is playing like a hitter's park. So it's playing better. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yeah. That, that's it, worth pointing out. That um, is not so, a layup. But, I mean, uh, you're starting him for all three, and if he continues to dominate, no one's going to No one's going to be surprised, yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Hats off to Dennis Lamette. Got that one devastatingly wrong. And uh, I'm paying for it a little bit. Jesus Rosardo pitched well again last night. I've been enjoying watching him. You know, remember he started in the bullpen – by design, they did exactly what they wanted to do with him. Things have worked out nicely. 
with uh, the A's development. They had him for some extended relief appearances his first two times. Then they put him in the in the rotation. Since then, he's gotten beaten up a couple times, but for the most part, been good and been an automatic start. In fact, those aforementioned Giants did get to him, and so did the Padres. Neither team particularly surprising. Now, if you had the fortitude to bench him against the Padres, then I mean, you're you're st- brass. Uh, cojones, you know, respect to you. I, I couldn't. I, th- this is not a guy I could take out of my lineup, even against a high-quality team. Um, but since joining the rotation, he has a 396 ERA on the season, Lazardo does, with 38 strikeouts and 38 and two-thirds. Development, as expected, I think, for the 22-year-old lefty. And I'm pretty excited about him. He hasn't been so off the charts, though, that I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that gets pushed aggr- like disgustingly yeah. high. He'll be high, you know, but, you know, he's going to get love, but I don't think it's going to be to the point of like, oh, are we, are we overdoing this to the highest degree? Except that it could be that trickle up though, where in November and December, he starts at a reasonable point, And then as the winter wears on, people just slowly start to inch Lazardo upward. I could see that happening. I don't but where know do you, that it will. I actually where do you come out on he... Lazardo? I think he's going to be a deal coming in to draft season because, I mean, you look at like his FIP and XFIP and his Sierra, those numbers aren't like, it's not like he's got a 397 ERA and then, you know, a 245, you know, XFIP or something. Mm -hmm. And those are the type of guys that people are like really start to jump on board where, you know, the ERA indicators are, are way below what they should be or, you know, what, what the actual, you know, service numbers are. And it's not like he's striking out a ton of batters either. I think there are going to be huge helium guys that maybe just jump over him that shouldn't. Okay. And and I think those are the guys that uh, are going to kind of push his price down a little bit. But, I mean, I really have been impressed when I've watched. I think Lizardo is one of those guys that you need to watch pitch Mm -hmm. because, man, his stuff is absolutely filthy and it's electric and – um, yeah, those who will be his biggest backers, you will know, have watched him and seen that there's more to this game than mm-hmm. the, the results we're getting. Because he could easily have the results of some of these other guys we've already talked about, um, you know, with his stuff, meaning it's it's in there for the future. He, I think he's the um, he's the third youngest on this list of 10 mm-hmm. that we're going to be talking about. So he's still, you know, plenty of development to come for Lazardo, And I'm going to be very excited to draft him next year. And if you're right about him coming in at a discount, I think you've made a case as to why that could happen. You know, then I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to have plenty of shares of Jesus Lazaro. Yeah, me as well. All right, moving on to the next guy, Sixto Sanchez. And this is the guy that I said, <laughs> I cannot wait to overdraft the shit out of him next year because I'm going to, you won't be and the only one. I, I won't be. And it'll be, and that's why it'll be overdrafting because it'll be a race to see who you know who can who can wait the longest without waiting and you know you got to balance it. That was a popular little tweet there for something like that. I, there was 333 other people who were like, "Yep, that's going to be fun to make that mistake." And it maybe it won't be a mistake. Maybe he's just going to be one of these guys that just goes from the jump. But you know he's going to be 22 next year, and I could see some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I've liked about Six though from Jump Street though. Young arm with a ready-made changeup. I just I'm a sucker for those all the way. Because think about how many guys we talk about that have one or two pitches, as we've talked about some already, and don't have that changeup. Well, his already came, you know, in in as the arguably the best pitch that he had 
Um, if not, it was that fastball and then a fastball changeup combo like that. You can really work with throw in a, a, a solid slider and, and watch out. And he has a little show me curve too, that he's been, mm-hmm. he's been pushing out there. He's been obscene since, uh, hitting the Marlins 25 innings of a 180 ERA 0.92 whip, 27% strikeout, 2% walk. You love to see that on pitching Ninja every time he pitches and you see why, and you know, he is one of those guys that if you didn't know any better, you'd say he's been a major leaguer for a, a, a time. And I know this is an anecdotal, like intangible kind of thing to talk about, like poise and swag. And it'll, let's see where your poise is at when when you're getting beaten up a little bit. I understand all of that. But watching him out there dominate, he looks like somebody who's who's been around the block. And he jumped from double A. He had 103 innings at double A last year. He didn't even get triple A because of this weird season. I love Sixto. I can't wait to overdraft him. How do you feel about the uh, the Marlins electric ready? Which, by the way, they got for J.T. Romuto. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe that trade as, isn't as bad as for, Yeah, for as much as uh, the, the Yelich trade will continue to be a stain, the early returns here. And Jorge Alfaro has been a decent little catcher for them, too. So that might be – well, actually, he's been pretty rough this year. But uh, he, he was he was like league average last year. And well, he also missed defense. the time. He missed a bunch of oh, time yeah. with COVID. With COVID. He has 59 plate appearances. So let, let's not judge him too harshly this year. But they might hey, have a nice little – Lewis Brinson has got two home runs and two stolen – I'm uh, ending the podcast. <laughs> no, no, not this episode. I'm ending the entire show. I played him in DFS last night. <laughs> I hate you. I hate that you benefited from that. That's so gross. You, I played him in Jazz Chisholm. In that, you went yard what, too. Yeah, in that twenty-nine to nine game or whatever it was, the football. Yeah, the, like, how many football scores were there last night? Well, right? And the Tigers got decimated too. So there were two just utter, uh, you know, shellackings there as far as the scores. It was nineteen zero. I don't even think they put up one. Yeah, nineteen zero, uh, and twenty-nine nine seven six is a football score. So it's three zero technically. Um, but yeah, crazy. I mean, we're seeing some. We're seeing some of the September offense stuff that we see sometimes when there's like all the call-ups and and guys are wearing down, but it's not because of that. I think, yeah, I think what we're seeing too is uh, there's so many games, especially for some of these teams, back to back to back, that they're just going to have to let pitchers wear some of these. And this strikes me so much as, and I don't know, this is just my guess, that Jordan Yamamoto went in the dugout or, or, or either gave some sort of – because he gave up 11 in one inning and just said, I got it. You know, I'll, I'll give you all I can here. <laughs> or they or they said, or they hey, told you him. got they, it. Yeah. Maybe they told him. <laughs> this I don't is know, you, buddy. It struck me as one of those things where he's like, I'll do what I can, man. Uh, and he threw 94 pitches in two and two-thirds. He's he just happy to be on the team. <laughs> I guess, dude. Oh, my God. God, Pablo Listen, I'll, wear this, I'll wear this one, but you guys have to keep me up the rest of the year. Yes, exactly. Keep keep me on that per diem and that MLB pay, but I'll, I'll eat this as best I can and at least get two and two thirds out of the way. Pablo Lopez, how much of a killer is that for people that are in contention right now? Speaking of Marlins pitchers that I really do like, I didn't put him on this list here, but um, he gives up seven in an inning and two thirds after giving up five in four innings. I don't know what's happening. He had a two ten ERA through through his first six starts and, and stuff to back it up and he was looking really strong and now all of a sudden two meltdowns there. That's really brutal. But anyway, about six though. Uh put, you know some numbers out there. Where do you really think you can you can put him on your list next year? He's gonna be too high. He's just gonna be too high. I just yeah, I mean I love what he does. I mean and I'm you know put him in the top 
because I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I he's one of those guys I really want to see how he finishes the year, but uh you know you you talked a little bit about like intangible things in terms of, you know, kind of his confidence on the mound, but I think there are some numbers that really show that. His first pitch strike rate 68% like he is attacking hitters. His own he's percentage is 46%. He says, you know, he's just going up there and saying, "Listen, I've got great stuff. I dare you to hit it." Yeah, and if I get ahead of you, now you're going to get the slider yep. and the changeup. And that's and when toes. the 38% O swing really comes into play. He gets yeah. ahead of uh, hitters in the count and then he makes you look silly when he goes outside of the zone. Uh and uh, I mean, I think if he continues just to pitch the way he is, like, I think there's a real argument that he's a top 30 pitcher next year, even mm-hmm. higher than that. Um, and uh, now, like, now I some think of he you could be say, next year's gallon. He absolutely could. That's a great call out. And I didn't even put gallon on this list because we could have probably done, we might have to do just an entire show of pitchers at, at mm-hmm. once the season wraps of all the, uh, the guys go, there. We need to go position by position and they all, yeah. you know, wrap we absolutely up. Will, especially because, we have to have the question of, you know, what do you do with the 60-game season and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, some of you will say this is not a reason to draft somebody. I will say the direct opposite. This is exactly why you would draft somebody. He has a 45 tattoo on his neck for Pedro Martinez, Sixto Sanchez. <laughs> and again, you're going to say that's intangible. That doesn't mean anything. I'm going to say that's a deciding factor in moving him up two rounds over his ADP. And I'm right. I'm 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 guaranteed right on this. I mean, there's obvious regression coming, but sure. like to what extent is the real question? And I don't think it's like I think this is a guy that you know that I'll likely project is like a 3.20 ERA guy mm-hmm. coming in next year, giving you a strikeout an inning. Uh, and and yeah, I mean that. And if he keeps be- this walk rate, even if any sort of like home run problem develops it likely won't be devastating yeah. because he'll keep runners off base. And that there is so much to like. It is a tiny sample, but you look at his minor league track record, it's all tracking with what he did in the minors that made Sixto such a big prospect. And he was the Marlins' number one. He was 21st in our top 100. I mean, there, there was just so much to like here, and he's been panning out very nicely. Let's see how he finishes. We'll talk about it. I can't wait for that first mock just to see where mm-hmm. all these little, uh, you know, all, all these breakouts go and, and kind of help set the market. And, um, you know, maybe I'll set it with a. I'm taking him second overall. How about that? <laughs> Done. Done. Do it. Here's a guy that uh, you were in on to start the season mm-hmm. because of a maneuver that you were hoping to uh, help pan out. It actually yeah. didn't, but this worked out better. Tyler Molly. You were thinking maybe he'll get some multiple inning relief appearances here early on and uh, maybe sneak you some wins as guys are ramping up because he seems like that great bridge guy and he had lost out the fifth starter's job to Wade Miley. Instead, he was thrust into duty and he's been great. Um, you know, he's really been good all year, really coming down the stretch very nicely. He did have that one um outing where he didn't get many strikeouts, but he went seven innings, three runs against St. Louis, only three strikeouts. But hey, that's surviving. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have your strikeout stuff, but all told for Molly, he's got a 389 ERA, a one whip flat. Homers have been the only issue. That's why the ERA mm-hmm. has a little bit of a disparity from the whip. Um, but 5.8 hits, one and a half homers, 10.9 Ks, and 3.2 on the walk. Those are per nine rates instead of percentages because I was looking at his B ref game log real quick. But Tyler Molly's been really good. Now, two questions. Do you believe in him um, the rest of the way? 
And then also, do you believe in him next year that they'll trust the 26-year-old righty to be a full-time starter and not uh, not make him be in a hybrid role and and earn his way back into the rotation? Who? Uh, I trust him rest of the way. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I like I like the division he pitches in. Obviously, uh, being in the Central, let's see, he's got to start on Sunday, which is the 13th. So he's got. Uh, a start versus St. Louis. Then he's going to go White Sox. White Sox twins. and at Minnesota. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's no, not I'm, great, but we talked not, about yeah. the Twins. They're not. Yeah, they're not as difficult. Though I think the White Sox is the only like really scary one there. Yeah. So Cardinals aren't easy, but they're not terrifying for Molly. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, and they're they're going to be tired too. Oh my <laughs> god, they have no like, more days off, right? No, I mean, this is, and, like, yesterday was their last day off of the season, and they have many multiple game days, including one today against my Tigers. Making oh wait, no, for, they've got one more day off. They've got the the twentieth, but they, well, yeah, they won't they won't do anything that day. Everyone's just chilling in their yeah. hotel, freaking sleeping. They've got, and they've got five. They've got one day off and five de- doubleheader days. That's going to be wild. So, um, so yeah, with Molly, uh, one thing to year, Miley did get a multi-year deal. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Miley did get a multi-year deal. But Bauer's a free agent. We Descofani's don't know. Descofani's been garbage. Descofani has been awful, dude. I just I, – yeah, I think he's going to be in that rotation okay. next year. Um, and I think it, what the pitching staff has said about him in Cincinnati is that they just really like – what he can do as a starter. I just don't think they had the room. I think, yeah, I think he's going to be a starter, and I don't think he's going to be priced appropriately. I think he's going to be one of those guys people really fade. Agreed. Uh, and if he's going outside of the top, like, 50 starters, he's going to be a guy that I'm, I'm going to get on a lot of teams next year. My, Tyler Molly brought back the slider this year uh, with great effect. Last year he went to a curveball with a little bit of a show-me-cutter, um, it didn't quite work. He, he had had a new splitter last year, too, that was doing some decent things. He still has that. So he's a three-pitch guy, fastball slider splitter, and, you know, the splitter is his third pitch, so he's not overly reliant upon it. He has a good fastball, too. It, do, it does mm-hmm. quality work for him. Uh, I think he's got the stuff here to really succeed, and we've seen the swing strike rate really jump up. Um, he's getting more chases than ever. Um, you know, and he, he can live out of the zone a little bit more. And that's where those chases are coming from is that he doesn't yep. have to just pepper the zone. Now, if he can tweak that home run rate, to be honest, the 1.5 is actually an improvement over the 1.8 and 1.7 of the past two years. Still need a little bit more there to feel confident, particularly in Cincy. But that's what's going to keep the price down and allow us to get in on him at a reasonable rate, I think, is, mm-hmm. is what we're going to end up seeing with Tyler Molly. But I do like a lot of what he's done this year, and I'm pretty excited for the future with Cincinnati's Tyler Molly. Let's move to Dane Dunning, who was not – afterthought is too high of a word. He was not given any love in that trade when it happened, mm-hmm. when it was the Adam Eaton for Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez deal. And then it's like, oh, and Dane Dunning, whoever that is. Well, he was a uh, first-round pick. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I had some love for him, but... Yeah, 2016 first-round pick. And I got to be honest, this is another guy that made my radar a little bit more firmly because of MLB The Show, because they had him in their prospect and they, they made a card for him and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he was a number one pick. Can't say I have him on all these teams, you know, every team or anything. I do have him on a couple. Um, but I watched him closely because of the... Uh, 
his debut was against Mize. And I was obviously locked in on, on the Casey Mize debut. And they were both matching each other pitch for pitch. It was a lot of fun. Even though both went four and a third, there were 12, uh, 14 strikeouts among them, seven apiece. Uh, they both gave up three runs. They had a little hiccup there where it's like, hey, welcome to the welcome to the big leagues, Rook. But other than that, it was a lot of fun to watch. And Dunning has been the one to really take off from that point forward. Remember, he was sent out immediately after, but mm-hmm. then they needed him very quickly because I think Gio Gonzalez went to the IL. And he's the one with a 270 ERA, a one whip flat, 21 strikeouts in 20 innings. What do you do with the uh, 25-year-old righty next year for, for the White Sox, Dane Dunning? I think he's one of those guys that's probably not going to get the helium he he probably deserves. He's either. not going to get any, I don't think. Like a, a, like any meaning top 60, 70 pitcher. Yeah. Matters. I mean, I think the big concern with a guy like Dunning, and I think you can actually throw some of the other guys we've talked about, uh, the younger guys like uh, Sixto, into this um, kind of comment, is what are the innings going to look like next year? You know, are are the are is the shortened season uh, going to make teams a little bit more cautious to ramping up some of these guys who don't have long track records of throwing, you know, 120, 150 innings? Well, especially uh, Dunning, he's coming back. Yeah, missed and, 19. Yeah, and Dunning has had, you know, Dunning has had injury issues throughout his career. Uh, I believe he was a reliever in college that they converted back in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to say that's uh, I'm looking that up that for you right case. now. Uh, so I do worry that maybe his final they, year he was. Yeah. So I, I do wonder or worry a bit that maybe they they put like an innings count on him coming into 2021. But I think whatever you get is going to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's you know he do, he's done a really really good job of not giving up home runs. You know, he doesn't walk too many guys. He gets the strikeouts. Uh, this team behind him is going to be very very good. Uh, you know, offensively and I think defensively as well. So, uh, I I like Dunning a lot. And like I said, I don't. I think this is going to be one of those ones where people put him on bust lists. Um, yes, where they don't you know, where they don't believe in him at all. And I I don't agree with that. And I'll be happy to take him as my fifth, sixth starter type. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think you're going to have to pay a premium. He strikes me as a guy, you know, he's not overpowering at all. He throws 92, no. but he has a plan and he, he executes quite well. Like I, it, it's been interesting to watch him. I, I, I see a guy who is, you know, pretty well put together as far as what he wants to do out there. And he doesn't have a bad pitch. Like exactly. It, everything he throws has a positive P Val so far. Uh, and like, yeah, he, he doesn't have like the one overpowering pitch that you, you know, will like Lamette where you go, well, that is the race. That's the game changer. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have that, but he can be more of a, uh, you know, a little bit of kitchen sink. Yeah. Guys. I was just about to say kitchen sink guy. I, that, I, I think that's the right way to put it. You know, they throw yeah. the kitchen sink at you. They got, and the days that what one thing isn't working, they got something else to go to as opposed to being so reliant on that one pitch to be working. Hey, maybe it's the slider working one day. Maybe it's a change up another day. He's going to be one of those guys that has a high floor and maybe a low ceiling. So like, I don't think he's ever going to be a top 20, top 25 starter necessarily, but he's going to kind of live in the, that 40 to 50 range. And you're going to be okay with that, especially based on the price. I I think that's a great analysis of Dane Dunning. And I don't think his price is going to be too high. This guy's price will probably be too high though, because he's a Yankee and that does happen with some Yankees. And that is Davey Garcia. 
Oh, and I called him the right thing. Yes. On the, uh, on the trade pod, uh, on the trade special that we did with Nick Pollock, I called him Davy Cruz 5,000 times. Uh, <laughs> just constantly. Just could not. I never keep trying even... to put an L in there for some reason. Delvey? Yeah, I keep trying to call him Delvey. <laughs> no, it's just Davey. Davey Garcia. Davey Garcia from the Yankees. 21-year-old, he's been up, and, you know, he's also got a little bit of that 6 swag where mm-hmm. he's got the confidence out there, shows in the 3% walk rate, 26% strikeout rate, 306 ERA, .91 whip in 17 and two-thirds so far. So much to like early on here um, in a similar way of what we were talking about when you brought up with 6 64% first pitch strike, 37% O-swing, so when he gets ahead – He's cha- and then he's challenging you. Then he's giving you nothing else, and you're going to be flailing at his stuff. Not as overpowering. Throws more 92, but also has a 70-grade curveball. It's just mm-hmm. absolute filth. And has a changeup that definitely works. Show me slider as well that he brought out a little bit more in yesterday's start. Um, this is a nice profile to like here. What do you think about uh, Davey Garcia? I will say one thing size is a little bit of an issue yeah and that's the thing that i brought up with him when we talked about when he came up is he is tiny and i Mm -hmm. do just worry about how he will hold up over the course of a you know full season or even a full career and so like in dynasty leagues I had someone who who's in one of my dynasty leagues who listens to the show, and he's all, I, I hear uh, I should sell Debbie Garcia, so do you want to buy? <laughs> well, wait. No, I don't. <laughs> but you so, should. I mean, uh, you, you probably should, especially at this point, because it, it has been such a great debut, mm-hmm. and it's such a great opportunity to really sell yeah. quite high on him. And it's hard to do that with a pitcher who's – you know, out front looking so good, but there are there are nerve wracking uh, issues here with the size because when you're listed at five nine, you're probably five seven five yep. eight. I mean, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. a simple fact. There's always a, an inch or two tacked on to make it look a little bit better. Because if he was five nine, he'd be at five eleven or or six on the books. That's just how they do it. So um, I've been impressed. I mean, and he oh, was a guy too. that I from a straight skills and stuff perspective. I really, really like, and the really uh, impressive part is so far only two walks. Yes, and I, I love that he's attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been, it's been great to watch. There is a lot to like here, but can he be trusted to, you know, hold up over an entire season? Is the real question right now. Yeah, and I, I I'm just not going to be able to put him in my top probably 40 starters next year, and I think. If he continues to do this, especially being on the Yankees and, and doing this in, you know, the the Eastern divisions, people are going to overdraft him. And it's just not going to be me. And, uh, you know, maybe this is one that bites me in the butt, uh, you know, but that that's OK. I'm just I, I don't I don't it, like these <laughs> these really, really little guys. And maybe it just it's isn't a great Gray. track record. I mean, yes, it, and there Sonny are Gray some. was one you of those guys that some. I yeah that I faded, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, because you know of his mechanics and his size. But um, I'll tell you yeah. what, I'll wait to see where the price is before I fully am out. For sure. But I'm guessing there'll be a Yankee tax, which is and, and so then you add in my concerns over his size, and that's what's going to lead me out. It just doesn't, though, I mean, I will say, it, like, it doesn't feel like there's the same fanfare over the Yankees, especially this year, 
that there's been in years past. True. And I don't know if that is just a, uh, you know, some sort of effect of 2020 being such a weird season. Um, but yeah, I, I think because they keep getting hurt. I'm not even trying it, to joke. No, I think that, that I think it might be because they're not as watchable because all their stars are, you know, either hurt or underperforming. I mean, Glaber Torres hit his second home run last I night. I know, dude. It's like, like you want their guys and then you even want the fill-ins, but it's hard to get attachment to the guys when so many of them are in and out, of, except for Luke Voigt, which I heard <laughs> on a podcast that he was highly recommended coming into this year. I, I don't know your talking about it no, i've never I, heard I, anybody recommend no no, no 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 i'm taking that one <laughs> that one's been one of my favorites dude that luke voigt shirt that rotoware came out with oh that was such an insta cop i had to get that then getting the players uh oh, licensing so great. is amazing not good for my bank account but very good for my uh for my t-shirt drawer i'll say that for sure uh but yeah no i think we've we've highlighted where where we're at on on david garcia and some of the concerns love the talent love how he's shown out so far but i do believe in dynasty this is an opportunity to go ahead and sell high because i think the price uh should definitely be substantial so if you're particularly if you're in contention you could plug maybe two three holes to somebody who's not so much in contention but does have a few pieces of interest I think that's the way you want to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's run to the other side of the age spectrum here, uh, but stay in New York and talk about Seth Lugo. Yes, starter Seth Lugo. I think there's some legs to this, Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just hit five innings his first time out, uh, his first time last time after a couple, three and three and two thirds. So he had to ramp up, obviously, but everything's there. And he's been awesome. This is something he's always wanted, which I didn't realize that he's been kind of pushing for this while, you know, not not in a obstinate sort of negative way, like causing problems, but just saying, hey, if there's ever a position, let me get back in that starters role. But I'll continue to be a badass reliever in the interim. And remember, he got an opportunity in 2017. I was all about it, by the way. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait. And it didn't work. 471-137 combo. It didn't work. So they put him back in the bullpen for 18 and 19. Continue to be excellent. It's only three starts, and two of them are under four innings. But I like what I'm seeing here out of Seth Lugo, and I don't think that he'll be overdrafted next year because he'll be 31, converted late season into starter. I don't think people are going to lose their minds over this. So I'll be glad to get shares at what I think will be a reasonable price of Seth Lugo. Yeah, I'm all about this. And when we talked about him moving into the rotation, what, two weeks ago, uh, I said it then, like, this is the time to go buy on him and Keeper and Dynasty Leagues because the Mm -hmm. price will be absolutely nothing. Uh, And I think people will be really scared uh, that he's going to, you know, kind of show the warts that he showed. He's older, too. He's 30. So it's Mm -hmm. like, in Dynasty, you're dead in 30. Exactly. So... Uh, and I, I still believe that, and I still think there is a buying opportunity right now uh, to go and try to get him. I mean, <laughs> he's got a 205 ERA. His his FIP 295, XFIP 216. Uh, it's I mean, he's just been absolutely uh, devastating. His mm-hmm. ground ball rate and the strikeouts like these are like he's getting what it's a uh, uh, 51% ground ball rate. 12.68 Ks per nine. Like he's like, you just can't do anything against him. No, you really uh, can't. And that's, I mean, everything's translating and it's mm-hmm. just looking really good right now 
for Lugo going into the into the rotation. And, you know, with the injuries they've dealt with and the lack of consistency they've had in their rotation, there's no reason that they shouldn't keep him here. Like, no, I, I can't think of any this reason. This isn't the Mets rotation of two years ago where like right now they're, he's their number two starter. And this is exactly. a guy who four turns in the rotation ago wasn't a starter. <laughs> and even getting, you know, Thor back, I don't think greatly changes things. Nope. Like, I, I think that Matt Matz is now a bullpen guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Gazelle. Waka Porcello things work. didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is this is one of their go-to guys, I think. And, and they, they, they have they a gem could, here. They could go get two more starters and he'd still be in this rotation. I, think I agree. I fully agree. So we're big on Seth Lugo. Hopefully uh, nobody else is, but I'm sure some people will be. But again, I don't think even with helium, it'll be egregious. I really don't. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see that coming. All right. We're going to speed round through the rest of this. Okay. This, let's that do took this. a lot longer than I thought. Uh, <laughs> Hour on Boyd. first subject. Yeah. Matthew Boyd pulled the rug out from under everyone. And you know, I'm a Tigers fan. I've been watching this all year, and this is why I was nervous even on the return. Was like, hey, batter to batter, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. It's terrifying. Where are you at on Matthew Boyd rest of the way? I just bought him in a dynasty. League. All right. Like, all right. like in the middle of this blow up. So, like, it, you know, uh, it wasn't buying on the strength of the last two uh, outings. I'm more just. They're going to be some guys in hitters and pitchers where we have to chalk 2020 up to being 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, agree. I think it'll be a lot of players to be honest. even on the positive end for mm-hmm. some of these guys. Yep. Like you were saying with some of the schedule stuff, you're going to have to do some of that with, with with guys there, too. I agree. I mean, this is going to be a loss, just a lost season. Then we're just going to have to write off for guys like Boyd, for guys like Walker Bueller, for, you know, and I'm while all they'll obviously come at a discount and that's part of the reason I'm willing to buy. Uh, it's also like baseball is such a rhythm sport. Mm-hmm. I think more so than any other sport and to have guys get thrown off the way they did coming into, uh, you know, the shortened season, the, the, the summer warm up after, you know, the spring training, you know, got shut down I just think it throws, you know, some guys completely off and that there'll be completely different pitchers or completely different hitters coming into 2021. Uh, And I think that's going to make draft season infuriating and also really exciting. Yes. And I I hope ADPs are just wild and and unsettled all over the place. The Uh, max mins are going to be bananas. So, yeah, no, Boyd is a guy that I think I'm going to be willing to take the discount on. Uh, as long as like people, a, a bunch of people aren't doing the same thing, you know, as long as pitcher list doesn't like, you know, do the board. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if his last three starts are amazing mm-hmm. and, and we're all Boyd boys again, you know, it, it, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Adam Duvall hit three homers yet again. He now has 13 on the season. Uh, he's been, I mean, he's been electric. He had a couple homers in, in between the three homer games as well. So now he has seven in his last eight games uh, for a 1796 OPS. He had a, he had a nine, 696 before that. Um, 31 years old. He does have two 30 homer seasons. Do you care about Adam Duvall beyond the rest of this year? I think he has to start the rest of this year just because he's been electric. But what do you think about 2021? Ooh, it's going to be 33 next year. I don't think he is. Well, he'll born. turn 33 in September. He just had his birthday. 
Yeah, he just so he'll be 30. 33 next year. So what but I said is It's his correct. age 32 season. You're not correct, really, though. It's his age. It doesn't matter. 32, 33, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have a team either. He's he's a one-year deal here. Um, actually, he's ARB eligible, so they could go ahead and uh, figure that, although this is increasing his price. And, um, well, how much? Like, we have no idea, like, how much these things are going to increase. That's true. I, I, no, we don't you know, know anything about anything. Because they're, they're going to argue, well, it was just sort of small sample. It was two huge games. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what the Braves do as a team. Okay. You know, I mean, they've got a lot of young pieces locked up. Uh, and they like, got Waters and Patch mm-hmm. coming up. I mean, do, yeah. do you like Duvall? Do you like him? I like him for what he is. Yeah, like, I do too. I think I think he's a solid power source. I think even if he lands somewhere else, um, anywhere that he could get, you know, he seems like a giant. He really does. I mean, he would be like the perfect. Oh, he started piece. with the Giants. That's a- <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he was part of oh, what trade was. I can't remember what trade it was. I he was part it. of. Yeah, so, I mean, he's one of those guys that I think could be a really good trade ship for them. Mike Leake deal was what... Yeah. what oh, the Mike Leake. Yeah, that worked out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, if he lands yeah, somewhere... they do have Pache, they do have Waters, um, you know, and Waters, they were unwilling to even discuss a move for a starter. So you wonder if they, like, you know, they go and get, like, a innings eater, a Mike Leake type... Do they bring back Ozuna? He's a free agent. So there's a lot of questions there with, with Duvall. I guess we don't really have an answer, though, because we don't know where he's going to be, and maybe we'll have to assess it in the offseason. We'll come back to him, but we got to keep going. we got to keep powering through here. All right. This one's really interesting. Ryan Mountcastle. I think – I don't know if it was on this show or on, a, on another one where I was talking about telling Orioles fans that, you know, I know you want him up, but he's not the savior. Uh, well, maybe he is. Okay, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> Maybe he is the savior. Dude's out of his mind. 383, 441, 633 with four homers and 68 plate appearances. Where are we at on Ryan Mountcastle going forward? I like Mountcastle a whole lot. I mean, one of the biggest issues with him was he is just such a bad defender. Like, mm-hmm. the, I don't think the offense was ever really in question. It was more a matter of, like, originally I think he was supposed to be a shortstop, then he was a third baseman. And they're like first, but first is blocked up by those awful contracts. Uh, and and now they're like, well, we'll just stick you out in the outfield and who cares about the defense? We'll so, just see what's what. Yep. Uh, I, I think from a fantasy perspective, he is a guy that uh, is going to get a lot of healing him, but I think it's going to be deserved as well. So uh, we'll be a guy that I'm definitely targeting as long as he's not inside the top 125. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I don't know that Mountcastle will be overly inflated. I I, I really don't. I think, think some he people will. have kind of missed what he's done. Exactly. I think it's a little hidden there in Baltimore. By the way, they're they're kind of a decent hitting team as a whole. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I think we talked about this a while ago, doing one of those things about struggling stars. Jeff McNeil, uh, everything was there except the power. It was like if the power kind of gets going, then he is who we thought he was, and it, it, like that. I, I triggered it, I guess, by, by mm-hmm. saying that. He listens he has, to the pod, yeah. He listens. He's like, oh, they want me to hit home. Okay, I'll do that. That sounds good. He's hit four homers in a row, uh, four straight games with a homer. All of a sudden, his numbers are right back to what we expect out of him. And I also want to bring up a bigger picture about how the Mets lead the league in WRC+. And, I mean, 
the Mets going to Mets thing can sound tired at times, but it's always so prominent because, mm-hmm. you know, they have the best pitcher in baseball. They've actually had some things work in the bullpen, including Diaz getting back on track. And they have the best offense in the league by WRC+. Plus. So, of course, the rest of their rotation shits the bed. It's like whenever – they never get everything going <laughs> all in the right damn direction. Um, but, yeah, Jeff McNeil's gotten his power stroke back here with four straight homers. Um, 29 years old next year. Are, are, are you going to just stay right where he was this year? Were you believing in him coming into this year? Where do you stand on Jeff McNeil going forward? I was definitely a buyer coming into this year be- just because I love the multi-positional eligibility. Mm-hmm. He was which a Mayhew-Muncy type. Those mm-hmm. three were together. With, with you know, the outfield and infield eligibility, which yes. is always huge. And, I mean, he's going to have that again next year because he's got nine games at second, nine games at third, and uh, 15 games in the outfield. So, like, he's going to retain that triple eligibility. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be a buyer – next year as well uh you know i'll be interested to see how many people have kind of just stopped paying attention to him and have yeah, necessarily noticed this. yeah I, I think the price it at least will hold and i think he was like around 120 coming yeah, into he, the year he wasn't egregious um I, I i was comfortable with his price he was basically like if i didn't get muncie or lemayhew i'll gladly take mcdino and you're right oh he yeah the 80, out- 83rd Okay, so he was pretty high, Alex Chamberlain. I, I think that's that. fair. It, it, I don't, yeah, I don't think it was unfair at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think it'll come down from there, I think guys mm-hmm. will have passed him more than anything against him. So let's see where that goes with with um, with respect to McNeil. But I'll still be buying, especially if it's mm-hmm. out of the top 100, which it very well could be. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of proceed with him. But I, I wanted to point out how well he's been doing. Dylan Moore is on fire since returning. 286, 375, 571 with a homer and three stolen bases. He's a big waiver wire find this year. He got hurt. That was a bummer. Um, hopefully you hung on to him because he's back and crushing it again. He has six homers, nine steals. Nice. 912 OPS. <laughs> is this real? It's, like, it's 27 games. Is there anything here? He had nine steals, or excuse me, nine homers, 11 steals, and 282 plate appearances last year, but just a 691 OPS. Is this 28 year old utility man? That's what he'll be next year, 28, um, his age 28 season. Is there anything to this? I think there is something to it. The problem becomes the 28, 29 year old utility man. Mm-hmm. And what do the Mariners want to do in terms of want to trade him? If they're on their team, they want to trade him. That's just the general rule. Yeah, well, I, I mean, and, and you would, I would think you would want to trade a guy like this. I, I, yeah, that's I, true. I, I was teasing, but yeah, the injury is. kind of came at the worst possible time for the organization uh, because they weren't able necessarily to to trade him. Uh, I wonder if he's a guy that gets moved in the off season. In that case, it really just depends on where he ends up. But a guy who is going to deliver, especially this kind of speed from a multi-positional eligible player. Uh, I mean, the stat cast metrics are pretty much all red except for, you know, K percentage. Um, I mean, this obviously could come crashing down. And so like, I don't want to pay a huge price for him uh i'm gonna reserve judgment to see where he ends up in the offseason because i don't think it makes a ton of sense for the mariners to have him 
as an everyday guy next year, just from a rebuilding standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess it could be the reason they hold down Julio Rodriguez <laughs> for True. quite a while. True. So, you know, uh, he's, he's pretty young and they have something here. If they can trade him, I think, you know, the, we know uh, DePoto will be open to it if, if, mm-hmm. if something pops up. But uh, if he's you know, on think, the roster coming into next year, I think he is going to be one of those guys that uh, is definitely worth targeting. Because, I mean, if he's on the roster, they're going to give him run. And and emphasis on run. They're going to let mm-hmm. him go on yeah. the basis. They've shown that they've been a running team. So that definitely works for Dylan Moore. Uh, Bo Bichette could be back this weekend. And, you know, he was cut in some leagues. Check your wire. Don't assume. That's all. That's just mm-hmm. a little PSA right there. Uh, we haven't talked in a while, so Teoscar Hernandez news is a little bit old, but he did hit the uh, the IL with an oblique injury and could be toast for the rest of the year. If he is, uh, and I guess even if he isn't, maybe he comes back and he's just puts on a few more numbers. But where are you at on Teoscar for next year? Because he is somebody who could soar, mm-hmm. but should he based off of 39 games is the question. He should definitely go up. I okay. don't know that he should soar. This was your guy, no? Yeah, definitely my guy, and still my guy. But I, I mean, he, at one point he was leading all of the major leagues home runs. Yeah, uh, fourteen. He has to be close still. And, and people are gonna draft him that way next year. And I mean, I guess if he's going in like the same area that um, Soler was, which is just. Outside the top one, ranging from just inside the top 100 to just outside it, like a 90 to 110 kind yeah, of range. Yeah, he, well, his, his range was 38 to 147. Oh, wow. I didn't, okay, I didn't realize it was that crazy. <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking um, second season, I thought. So it ADP of uh, pretty much 87. So, so speaking of Solaire, by the way, he did not play particularly well, and now he also has an oblique, so he could be done. So mm-hmm. since you brought him up. Let's loop him. He wasn't bad. 787 OPS and eight homers. If if you're mad at that, then you don't understand like yeah, ranges. Baseball. Yeah. If you if you <laughs> just thought he was going to continue to be exactly what he was last year, then I I, I got some news for you. That's just not mm-hmm. how this works. But you take your eight homers, uh, 235 average and 787 OPS, and you're like, okay, that's fine. You know, I got mostly what I needed. It wasn't the high end, but it certainly wasn't the low end. This was mm-hmm. a decent floor here for Solaire, um, but he'll go down in ADP. Teoscar could jump up. My only concern with, with Teoscar is I don't really see fundamental changes. He is lining yeah. the ball a good bit more and he's hitting it harder, but he's always hit it hard. Um, the strikeouts and walks is still not a very good profile. So I don't know that I see a lot of change. It seems like maybe an extended hot streak. And that's my kind of, trepidation about wanting to say oh i'm all in especially because he's not a good defensive player mm-hmm. and they've now made guerrero their dh yeah they and they have a lot of dhs because they have roddy yeah, Telez. Telez. he's done but you know they, they travis got shaw DHs. has been playing first uh and i so at what point does his defense become an issue again because that was what was keeping him from every day at bats previously to 2020 and this year they just kind of let him go because well, when you're hitting that well yeah yeah um so i do worry that like there's no way i can take him in the top 100 and i think that's where okay. he's gonna go then i don't know if we're gonna get him yeah i, yeah. I, I, I he, i'm gonna be super keyed in on tasker hernandez's i'll be bummed ADP. yes 
And, sure. and, but you have to be smart too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you want your guy, except for Sixto Sanchez, take him second overall. Definitely. Yes. Do that. Definitely. Uh, last one, Cattell Marte to the IL with a wrist injury. This seems to have come out of nowhere. There was not like a triggering game or like a hit by pitch or anything, which has me wondering, has there been a lingering issue all year? Cause it's, it's left wrist inflammation. Has it been something that's kind of been sitting there all year can play through it, but now it's just too much. Because the power's gone. He had two homers in 40 games, 290, 324, 407. That 407 slug is down from 592 and even from 437 the year before. So two homers, one steal. You know, he hit 290 and scored 17 runs, but obviously Marte did not pan out. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this has just been something that's been there all season that he was able to play through until it just became too big of a an issue and the fact that they're just out of it. So – where do you come out with Cattell Marte's uh, 2020? This was, I mean, it, it obviously wasn't a wrist, but this is what I was concerned about with him coming into the season is he had that stress fracture in his back. Mm-hmm. And back problems cause problems other places. And and if that was still an issue too. Mm-hmm. So and you so, start to compound and there goes the power. Yeah. So I do wonder if maybe he has been dealing with something. You look at the... You know, in a season where other a lot of other people's exit velocity numbers are up, his are down almost two miles an hour. Um, you know, the hard hit percentage yeah, uh, down as well. Uh, was you know became overly patient at times at the plate, uh, where he just didn't seem like he wanted to swing nearly as much uh, as he would in the past. Yeah, I'm. I, I think. We're working on limited info, but it's all kind of adding up into this. You know, yeah, I, I, I want to be careful to construct a narrative around this piece of information, but tell me where we're where we're wrong. Like, yeah, it all seems to kind of add up here. And I wonder if we'll get more information in the off season where you know we're coming into next year where he does does say something like, "Yeah, this was you know I was trying to play through it, but once we got to a point where we knew the season wasn't going to go the way we wanted it to, mm-hmm. um, you know, get on it." Yeah, he gets, he gets this stuff out of guys all the time. You know, get on this right away, please. Thank you. So, Thank you. I mean, the question is, is he going to be healthy coming in to 2021? Because now this is going to be two seasons in a row where he ends the year with an injury. And we, we don't know what he's looking like. Because, I mean, he was one of those guys where it was like, he looked really good in spring, the original spring training. Yes. And people were like, I'm back in. And um I, st- I stayed consistent on Cattell. I was, I was a very big fan and uh, happy to have had him in the couple leagues that I did, but it just did not work out um, yeah. because that power wasn't there. And he wasn't running. And I wonder, you can also kind of paint the lack of running into this too. Was he not running because, hey, head first slide yep. might put you on to a, uh, a wrist situation as well. So I think it all kind of adds up there. And it's just a lost season. But like you said, two straight years of, of ending the season on an injury. Is it time to peel back a little bit with regards to Cattell Marte? So his, his ADP will definitely drop. Will it drop enough to put us back as the buyers? We'll have to wait and see there. But anyway, that's a mega episode. Hopefully that makes up for the lack of one on Tuesday. It's great talking with you as always, Justin. And uh, we'll be back next week. Take it easy.